0: Thank you. (laughs) All right. Well, we are in the subject. The last of our position papers at Grace Church is on worship. And so we're going to be talking about worship. We have a position paper on just why we do what we do, how we do it when it comes to worship in our church. Um, And so what I want us to do to start off is we're going to get in groups. And before you get in groups, though, let me tell you your assignment, okay? Your assignment is to create a worship leader's job description. Okay, so I want you to think about what qualifications should the leader have and then think about what should each service include as they lead the church in worship. So if you're going to hire someone to lead our church in worship, what type of qualifications does that person need to have and then what would you say, here's what we're kind of expecting you to do and include week in and week out. Okay, so here's how the groups are going to work. I'm going to have, we're going to kind of do this structure. So seniors are going to be with 6th graders, juniors are going to be with 7th graders, sophomores are going to be with 8th graders and freshmen all together, sophomore, freshman, 8th graders. So three groups, get in your groups, get to work. Alright, so let's go ahead and we'll just get some ideas up here. What, type, yeah, what types of qualifications are we looking for in our worship leader? Looking for our qualifications of our worship leader. Daylon, give me one. Give me music one. Skills. Music skills. okay. We're going with music skills. Alright, you guys give me one. One qualification for our worship leader. Know, they can't be like shy, they have to be like out. Okay. In the back, you guys got one. Um, we said that they should probably be a more mature Christian. Okay. Mature Christian. You guys have any more for me? Is that what you got sure I would do, yeah, said. Oh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. be, kind and, be what, say it again? kind and respectful. you No. No. respectful. Be kind and respectful. Yeah. Okay. You guys have anything else over here? Any for any of the groups? Anything else to add to qualifications? They should know God's word. Okay, know God's word. should be a planner, not just a wing-it kind of person. <laughs> Today we're going to turn to page ah, no, 132, whatever hymn that is. <laughs> Anything else? Okay. Well, let's, let's talk about these for just a minute. Why, so, so why would you think they should have music skills? What if they have a really strong desire just to worship? What if they just love to sing and worship? Why would you put music skills on them if their heart is right? Yeah? Um, well, because they're going to be singing with a microphone and everyone's going to hear them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Have you ever heard someone sing in a microphone that can't sing very well? Yes. <laughs> Let me ask, does that help you to worship? No. no. <laughs> it's incredibly distracting, isn't it? You can The only thing you can talk to think about is how long is this going to go for, right? Okay. Yes. But the worship leader doesn't necessarily have to be the one who's singing. That's true. So The worship leader doesn't necessarily have to be the one singing, right? But they're probably going to be doing something musical up there. Otherwise, we're going to be wondering, why are you up here? <laughs> right? Maybe they're conducting. Yes. So they're, they're like an awesome conductor that's good that's fine okay so yes so they would probably need to have some music skills and probably need to know what their strengths are and play to their strengths right because when you don't it's distracting and what's the goal of a, of a worship leader they're leading your in worship right so if what they're doing is distracting it's not really doing it so shy and outgoing this is a good one probably um, I wouldn't I, I, I would actually say, Pastor Brenzel is probably more on the shy and not so much outgoing side. But if we're talking about stage presence, like stage fright, um, yeah, if they've got stage fright, that's, again, that's going to be another thing that's really distracting. If they, you know, just freeze up and stand for long periods of time in front of a microphone and don't say anything, they're going to be like, uh, right? David, do you have something like that? I was say our group has into kind of of that. Yeah, confident. They should have confidence as they're up there. Good. Mature Christian. Why, listen, why if, let's say if someone is like an awesome musician, awesome singer, why wouldn't we want them to be up there if they weren't a mature Christian? So maybe they would lead you away from your focus being on God and more on them. That could be possible. Let's say that person is really um, respectful of your faith, and they understand that it's not about them, and they're not trying to perform. Would Would we then say, okay, actually, it's okay. You can lead us in worship. I'd say of the leadership roles in the church, that's the one that if one of them had to be, Okay, so of all the leadership roles, maybe that one wouldn't require a mature Christian. In. They're respectful. Okay. Any other thoughts? We just kind of thought they should believe what they're saying. They should believe what they're saying. Okay, that's an interesting thought. So that would come in there, all right? And, and we're going to hit that as we look at our position paper. Yeah, they. I don't know if it would be a qualification app, but you would want to give the above approach. They're out there in the public eye. Right. So when they get off that stage, it's not like people stop watching them, right? Yeah, anytime you're in leadership, when you come down from that stage, people still watch what you do with your life, don't they? Okay, good. And it's going to be kind of hard to worship with someone that you, you know, know got hammered at the bar last night, and they might be as you know, respectful as possible when they're on stage, but if you know what they did last night, you might be like, How? who are we worshiping? What are we doing here? Why is this person up on stage? Right. Kind, respectful, can take critiques. Humble. It's not about them. It's about God. Good. All right. No How about things to include in the service? What did you guys say there? Yes, sir, Aaron. Uh, a variety of old and new music. Okay. Curious about any thoughts on why you would say old and new music? Well, you don't want to play like old songs nobody knows. <laughs> 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 to engage yeah.
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Yes. What's true? It's so for
0: age yeah, So, there's a lot of different people in the church, aren't there? Yes. Yeah. Okay? And some people are going to be more geared towards some of the older stuff. Some are going to be more geared towards the new. So, maybe a little mixture of old and new. Okay. And? Prayer. Okay. We expect some prayer. Yeah? Scripture. Some scripture. Uh, we're going around here, so I'll do Elijah next. they They should probably do some singing. Communion. Doing communion, okay. They should have communion put into their service somewhere. Mm-hmm. Alright, what do you think? Every week? I know that we do it every week. What do you guys think? We'll, we'll save that one, but maybe something to think about. Do all churches do it every week? No. no, we no. Yeah. Alright, uh, Responsive reading. Mm. Yeah, they should maybe put some responsive reading. Why do you guys think we do responsive readings? Do you think it's just kind of like a... Come on, you sluggards, participate in this service a little bit. (laughs) Carry your weight. Why do we do responsive readings? Yeah? I don't know, maybe it's like if you read something enough, you will start to believe it. Okay, maybe because when you read it, you engage with it more. (laughs) That's That's a great answer. That's a great answer. Do you think that... First of all, I mean, responsive reading, it could be put right alongside singing. Like, why is it that you should sing and not just listen to the people singing on stage? So you, like, do it? So you're, you're like, you actually worship, not the person in the front? Right. They're leading us in worship. It's not just that they're worshiping and we're watching them. It's that we are all worshiping together, right? Yeah, so there's something about that. Yeah? yeah? If it's all for God's glory, um, God gets more Exactly, yeah. So to glorify God, if it's for God's glory, then we should all be singing. It's more glory that way. Okay. Anything else that we include in our services? Yeah? Like, sometimes silent prayer. Like, we have prayer, but like silent prayer to get people's focus more on like, God personally. So silent prayer, you could even, that would kind of go with responsive reading and singing. It's an opportunity for you personally to engage in it. Yeah? Yeah. Oh, scripture reading. Yeah? Oh, Sorry. Yeah, Dave. Haley Ansell shared that the music should tie into the sermon. Okay, so the music should tie into the sermon. That's a good thought. It's getting incredible. Music's connected. Music sermon. And so here's, a, here, here's the question What should the music connect to? Why do we sing which songs we sing? And I'll tell you that our church has transitioned from being more of a music should connect to the sermon church to music actually functions a little bit differently in our church, and we're going to talk about that. Okay, So that's how we used to do it is with the sermon, and now we do it a little bit differently. So we're going to talk about that. Anything else that you'd include? Yeah? A welcome. A welcome, okay. You've mm-hmm. got a welcome, okay, yeah? Like, uh, like if it's Christmas time, sing Christmas music, like seasonal or like holiday music. music. So, we have seasonal stuff. We would actually probably put more that it follows the church calendar. We should have a church calendar in mind, why we do what we do. Okay, good. All right, well, let's keep going. You guys stay right where you are, um, but we're going to move quickly here. Um, So, we have a position paper that has. 10 principles of why we do what we do when it comes to worship, I'm giving you the Renew Youth Group Cliff Notes version, okay? So it is now four principles, okay? I know, you're welcome, you're welcome. So here we go. Principle number one, we were created to worship, saved to worship, and will worship in the new creation. In other words, worship is really important when it comes to being humans and when it comes to being Christians, all right? So let's look at a couple passages really quick. In Isaiah, God calls the people of Israel, the people whom I formed for myself, that they might declare my praise. So if you're looking for a purpose statement of why they were created, so that they might worship, so that they might praise me, getting to that idea of, Everything is for the glory of God, okay? And then we jump forward from the people of Israel to the church, people who are saved. You are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession. Why? Why did God make you this? That you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. God saved you to worship so that you might worship him. That's why he created you in the first place. So he saved you so that you can do it. And then if we fast forward again to Revelation, I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea and all that is in them saying, to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb, be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever. And the four living creatures said, Amen. And the elders fell down and worshipped. So we see the great multitude. We see the heavenly beings, the elders in the, in the uh, heavenly realm, worshipping God. So worship is an essential part of what we are going to be doing at the end of time. So worship is central, okay? So principle number 2, worship is a celebration of God. So God ought to be the only one we are worshiping and our worship ought to be done well, okay? So, this kind of ties into this idea of musical skills, mature Christian humble. It's about God. It's not about you who's leading worship. If worship is only proper when it's directed towards God, then we got to put thoughts and ideas in how we do worship so that we don't get distracted in our worship and make it about something else. So our worship is not, we, we want a leader who knows it's not about them, that it's about God. We want someone who is going to worship well because it's really distracting when they don't right if we get someone up there who just they're like a beginner violinist and it's just kind of screeching away up there guess what happens you stop singing you stop worshiping and all you can think about is can we get this done with please right now that's not to make fun of anyone who's struggling in musical skills but it is to say for example if someone came and they said my daughter has been playing violin for three weeks and she would like to play up on the stage and as part of this church she should be allowed to we would say we are thrilled that she is learning violin come and see us in a little while when she's a little bit more proficient in it maybe Um, and maybe she's just a prodigy and three weeks in she's amazing and she can play right but the idea is it's not mean to say you know, I think that you need to grow a little bit in your musical skill because it might detract and distract from the worship time uh, with the skills that you have right now. Does that make sense? Okay, all right, so these are things that people have kind of thought through ahead of us. All right, so principle number three, leading worship is an act of worship, not a performance. So leaders ought to be Christians, uh, that should not say and, Christians who are not living with unconfessed sin. So, this is why this idea of a mature Christian is so important, okay? Because someone who's leading worship ought to be worshiping. And someone who isn't a follower of Christ, just, they can't be worshiping. They can't be up there worshiping if they haven't actually given themselves to Christ, can they? Right? Their life is about worshiping something else. So, if the lead, uh, if the Worship leader is leading us in worship. They need to be worshiping as they do it. So they need to be Christians. And secondly, some of us in here are up on stage during the Sunday morning service, right? And so when we're up there, we should be Christians who are not, who are, uh, not living with unconfessed sin. Now that doesn't mean only non-sinners are allowed to lead worship. So obviously we're all sinners. But if someone is professing to be a Christian, but they're not living like it, Right? It's going to be distracting for people who know what their lifestyle is like, and it's going to raise questions. And so, if you are someone who helps to lead worship up on stage, you should take it seriously and and realize that my life needs to be in line with what a Christian's life is like if I'm going to be up here leading worship. Okay? That goes for even those who lead worship in here. All right? And principle number four. While worship can take on many forms, we should worship in ways that are sensitive to and relevant for those in our church. Now, one of my favorite things about traveling the world and going to different worship services is seeing how other people worship, right? If you guys have ever heard like an African worship service or a Chinese worship service, It's really awesome to hear them singing songs and and words that uh, we don't necessarily understand or to beats that we wouldn't normally have in our service. And that doesn't make it any less worship. It is very much worship. But there's a reason why we might not adopt that exact same style of worship in our church. Okay, because we want worship that in a sense just makes sense to the people who are here. Now, a worship leader might introduce a few different things now and again, to help us grow in our ability to worship, okay? And we want a worship leader who does that, but they probably shouldn't unnecessarily completely change the style of worship um, just for the sake of changing things up, right? So like you guys, when we did the one-night service at Crossroads a number of years ago, and it was like more like a rap concert, um, if we just like, boom, we're switching to that style at Grace Church, that wouldn't be sensitive to the people who are in our church, okay? Because it would be distracting for some, and they would say, I'm not sure what's happening here. Um, Not to say that it's not worship, okay? So you can say, we're going to do it in a style that our church can appreciate, okay? And relevant also means it should be something that they can take home and do at their own house. I thought that was interesting as I read the, the articles here. In other words, we shouldn't be so like professional in all of our worship that you have to be an opera singer to do it, okay? We actually wanna teach some simple songs and songs that um, anyone can sing so that when they go home, they can reproduce the worship that they did uh, in the church service. So that boils down really quick the principles of our position paper, but I wanna talk about just for the last five minutes Where we've kind of transitioned a little bit as a church in the last couple of years um, in how we understand our worship service. Um, So, you guys, what types of things do we now include in our worship service? Does anybody know what we start with? Like, if you look at the bulletin, do you know what it says we start with? Okay, there is a welcome in there. Okay, there's a prelude. You guys know why we do a prelude? It's to prepare your heart as you come in and start thinking in that direction. Yeah, Colin got it. There's a call. There's a call to worship, okay? And then what do we usually do after the call to worship? We respond. We worship. Okay. We worship, yeah. Good. We respond, usually with a song, right? And then there's a welcome. Does anybody know what usually comes after the welcome? Okay, there's sometimes a scripture reading attached to it. That's true. Yeah? Advent. This week, there's going to be an Advent candle, all right? You guys know the general thing that we do? Announcements. Say again? Announcements. Yeah, announcements, <laughs> that's part of it. That's a totally right answer. They're not that I'm just, I'm just asking you to read my mind. Singing is coming. Yeah, there is more singing. How about this? Okay, have you seen this in the bulletin? The confession of sin? Okay, Does anybody know what comes next? Huh? Like a, a, this is the professional part. This is, a this is kind of the lament. This is the, it's all, it's all, it's of assurance. Okay. Faith. Praise and prayer. So there's a word of assurance. Okay, in other words, this is saying, I'm a sinner, please forgive me. And this is, you are forgiven. Okay? You are forgiven. Praise then there's usually, yeah, praise and thanksgiving. And, just, uh, actually, yeah. So, yeah. and then we usually have... Prayer for illumination.
1: So, <laughs> Prayer for illumination,
0: yes. Alright, so that comes... <laughs> <laughs> <Who's> cheating. <laughs> 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 Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, oh wait, oh wait, wait, wait. He, he reads so, the. Ah. You forgot. The, you forgot the. He reads uh, yeah, the. Prayer. He reads the. So, um, that is actually the grace. So okay. So, so, so. Where's your closing We gotta fly. So not, pay attention. Here we go. As Christians, listen. As Christians, we all have a story, okay? And that story is a story of entering into a covenant. With God. So if you're a Christian, you've entered into a covenant with God, a promise with God. And here's how that happened: God called you. Okay? His Holy Spirit spoke to your heart and said, Come and follow me. And you responded. You said, I want to follow you. Okay? And God said, You are welcome in my presence. I want to be in a relationship with you. And you in being welcomed, were made aware of your sin. I am a sinner. And so you said, God, would you please forgive me of my sins? And God assured you that your sins were forgiven. And then you made a profession of faith. You said, I believe that Jesus is the Savior and that he is my Lord and Savior. I'm going to follow him, which was followed with thanksgiving and praise. that I have a Savior. He saved me. And then God said, here's my word. This is how you follow Jesus. Here's how you obey me. And then God said, I've given you a sign so that you will never have to doubt whether or not you're truly saved. That sign is communion. It points back to how Jesus died for you. It reminds you that you are in Christ just as Christ is in you because you take his body and you eat it and you take his blood. drink it and it's a reminder that I am in Christ and Christ is in me and it is also pointing forward to the day when you will feast with Jesus in heaven at the end of time Okay, so the end is coming and then after being reminded of who we are, we're reminded that we're not just supposed to do this together but that we're supposed to go out and be this in front of other people. In other words our service is made to mirror our story of how God saved us. So every Sunday when we come in, we're walking through the steps of our own story of how God has saved us. Now, why do we do that? Well, if there's an analogy that we could draw, the analogy would be as American citizens and as citizens in heaven, okay? When you travel, if you've traveled overseas, people usually know that we're Americans, okay? There's a reason they know we're Americans. And part of it is because we have been raised in the American culture, in the American story, and we've done things that have ingrained that Americanness deep inside of us, okay? So for example, if the Star Spangled Banner was to start playing our national anthem, what would you want to do? What should you do? Stand and do this, right? Why do we do that? Why do we know that? Because we've done it so many times, right? We've learned this is respectful. This is... What we do as Americans, okay? When the 4th of July comes around, how many of you are like, gee, I wonder what we're going to do today. It's just like any other day. No, you've got plans, right? You're thinking like there's things that we do on the 4th of July. Because our Independence Day has been drilled into us by celebrating it year after year after year. So just like our americanness is drilled into us by retelling the american story, here's how we became free, here's how we became independent, here's who we are as americans. We are supposed to be citizens of heaven in the same way, even stronger. We're actually supposed to see our citizenship as people of God more strongly than our citizenship as americans. And the way we do that is by telling our story week in and week out. So the big thing I want to end with is, at the end of the day, this is the climax of our service. Now, in Grace Church past, we may have said that the sermon was the climax of our service. We now believe that communion, that moment when we remember what Christ has done for us, who we are in Christ, who we will be with Christ, eating and feasting with him, this is the climax of who we are. Okay? And that is why we do it every week. We don't think it's something we should do just once a month or once every quarter. We should do it every week. So that helps to explain why we do what we do now. Um, hopefully that's helpful. So my encouragement to you guys is as you go to church today, think about what we're doing. With each song that we sing, every song that we sing is, is supposed to be doing something in the service. So sometimes we sing our confessions. Sometimes we sing God's assurance back to us. Sometimes we sing our response, okay? All right, and just so you know, this since we're in Advent, it's a little bit different, but when we get out of Advent, you'll see, see this all showing up again. All right, I've gone over time. Let's pray, and we'll head out. Lord, we are so thankful for today and ask that you will uh, lead us as we worship now in the main service um, with wisdom and thoughtfulness. In Jesus' name, amen.